I'm Dominique. And I'm Paige. Join us for a dinner and a show as we chat up nostalgic movies and cooking. Each episode includes our prestigious spatula rating and cinema-inspired recipes. You know, I was a really late bloomer, and I say that now in hindsight so proudly because, I mean, I remember middle school just being... It was bad. Well, let's be honest. If you didn't hate middle school, you haven't hated your life probably ever. Um, you just <laughs> if you, if you peaked, If you peaked in middle school, then. <laughs> yeah, you're just Brooke Shields, and <laughs> this is not the podcast for you. Yeah. talk about Bridget Jones Diary because it is one of my personal favorite films. This this <laughs> is confession time, guys. We're going to learn a little bit about me. Um, when I would go through a heartbreak um, back in the day, <laughs> this was my go-to movie. For some reason, I'd pop this in and it would make me feel a little bit better. Yeah, and I see hope. that now. Yeah, do you see it now that you've watched it? I, you know, it I, I wish I almost, like, watched it when it came out, like... Yeah, she was a great actress, right? <laughs> Still like, is. She just won an Oscar, so, you know, she comes in waves. She, I know, she really is. She'll, like, go into her, like, her Renee Zell- Zellweger cave and then, like, come out. She's like, and I'm going to win an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I've gotten bored. <laughs> it's very much what she does, which is great. Uh, this was definitely at her height. This was when she was first really breaking out. And you can tell she is acting her ass off. Um, Bridget Jones is actually based on a book. Uh, It was adapted into a movie. And the synopsis of this movie, which I read off off a line, (laughs) basically, here's what it says. 32-year-old Bridget decides it's time to take control of her life and start keeping a diary. Inevitably, she has to choose between two men. (laughs) <laughs> and she does girl and she does so we're going to talk about the trials and tribulations of that because honey <laughs> there is some trials and tribulations oh yeah there this girl gets herself in some drama she she is just like it's like i feel like all the actors are legit british right minus renee yeah but uh, she but she was english af she was um hugh grant even said he was in an interview after this movie was done and he said i had no idea until shut up because she kept her accent on set the whole time because she wanted to make sure it was perfection so hugh grant's like she was talking in a very weird voice at the cast party and i realized she was american Like, oh shit, oh, yes, Renee. Man. You know, Hugh Grant is just a guy that I love to hate. Oh. <laughs> I have to say. I would love to hate love him, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I say, I'm saying hate love, I mean hate fuck. Like, <laughs> I'm uh, trying to be all PC all of a sudden. I know. Uh, my boyfriend, Sean, who was like pretending not to watch it with me, <laughs> the minute Hugh Grant came on, he was all. <laughs> oh, I will. I will get to that because the minute Hugh, the minute Hugh Grant came on, Nathan was like, "Is that Kevin Bacon?" <laughs> the audacity! I was like, "Kevin Bacon." I'm sorry. No. Oh man. I was offended. Okay, I was offended. Is that Kevin Bacon? Oh man. Get out of here. You're fired. You're fired from the couch. 
go to the bedroom. So the start of this movie, she's going to her family party that she's forced to go to every year. It's a little holiday party that her mom throws. And basically she's talking about how miserable it is because she's 32 years old. Her and her mind, she's overweight, which... Okay, you, can, can, no. okay, yes, because I I was trying to hold this off to save it for, for here. She is fucking beautiful. She got body for days. You know, women in, like, the whole, like, body dysmorphia, what, like, women feel about themselves and their body is, like, a whole conversation we can freaking spin off to. But I was just like, you're so gorgeous. Well, and she gained 25 pounds for this movie, girl. Oh. She gained 25 pounds real life because in Hollywood... That. If you're over 110, especially in 2001, you're out of Coming out of the 90s, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, this is like the best I saw her mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. A, in a long time. I look back to that movie and I think she looks absolutely divine yeah. at 130 pounds. I'll, we'll get to the, the scene a little bit later when she, she shows a little more skin. <laughs> yeah, and I thought she looked great, honestly. So she's afraid she's overweight She feels like she's going to be a spinster, and she knows her mom is going to, of course, set her up with some (laughs) trash person. It was like a curry... curry. A a turkey curry. A turkey curry. Dinner, which I... I am not British. I don't know anyone <laughs> British personally. Is this a thing? Yeah, I get turkey curry. Um, if you are British or you uh, <laughs> fuck someone British or <laughs> you've been to Britain and feel like you know everything after one European vacation, uh, comment down and let me know what a turkey buffet dinner for Christmas is. I don't I'm ass- know. I'm assuming it's turkey with curry. This, this is also a food show and we have food backgrounds, so we... We want to know. Her her mom is just, you know, it's so funny because, like, she is trying so hard to fix up Bridget. And I, you know, it, it feels like you're walking into, like, a Mexican household, like, in that moment. Because she's just so adamant to be like, and Bridget, Mr. Darcy. Yes, Mark Darcy. So things you should know in advance. This novel was written inspired by Pride and Prejudice. Oh. So... Mark Darcy is based off of Mr. Darcy from Pride and Prejudice. Okay, that was the connection I was Which, trying to make, but now, okay, yes. Okay. Colin Firth played both in this role. He looks at you like you're a whole goddamn snack. Every time he looks at Bridget Jones, <gasps> oh my god! Even when he like isn't into her, it's like he's eating her right from from the bottom up. It's oh, the eyes, the oh, intensity, piercing. It like makes me. Ooze every time. <laughs> that is, you know what? That alone, yeah, like that intense look, almost in the beginning, a little disgust, but maybe even turned on. You know, like when you meet that person, when you're like, you're kind of hot, but like, I'm ooh. mad about it. <laughs> it's very that. He is. He is timeless. He's one of my favorites. Honestly, uh, he is a gem. A, He's gem. a gem. <laughs> And basically, this party is when they first meet. It does not go well. No, he he straight up was rude, girl. Um, excuse me. He says he basically says he doesn't want to be involved with her behind her back, not knowing she can hear him. And he says she smokes like a chimney, drinks like a fish, and dresses like a spinster. <sighs> and she let me tell you, she oh. took that real well in that moment. She did. She was like, oh, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> she, she just was like, uh, bye. Uh, it was so cringy because I cannot believe he had the balls to say that. It, 
as if he wasn't wearing a reindeer jumper, which <laughs> he was. Like, obviously, she's wearing clothes her mother forced her to wear because you're wearing clothes that your mother forced you to wear. They were just in some catty Christmas garb. I think he, he judged her way too fast. Oh, yeah, he was a judgmental, Mr. Yeah. Darcy style, very point blank. It was not cool. Would This led her, she handled it well in the moment, but then she proceeds to go back to her apartment and <laughs> yes. drown herself in a bottle of vodka and put on Celine Dion. Yeah, and then cue all by myself. But the way that Bridget sings Celine Dion in her apartment is too real. She's like <laughs> lip syncing for her life. <laughs> this is my last day on earth. I am going to do this. And Celine, you and me are kindred spirits right now. <laughs> it, it was rough. And she wakes up the next day and she decides to start a diary. She basically mm-hmm. says, you know what? New year, new Bridget. You know the thing we always do <laughs> in all of our lives where we go, I'm going to leave. 25 pounds i'm gonna (laughs) stop drinking so much and i'm gonna find myself a good man who won't treat me like trash (laughs) basically what everyone does that's single at the beginning of the year i mean get it girl i'll see you in may when you're wasting your time well look i so at this point i honestly was not giving her enough credit like i just met bridget but she surprises me i mean Granted, once she starts his diary, you know, it's obviously not a straight and narrow road to like her accompli- like what she wants to accomplish, but she she got some she got some things that I just was like, get it girl. She just she stood her ground and I can't wait to talk about some of these real fun scenes. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like this really I think why it was that movie for me and still is to this day, if I go through another hard break, you know, fingers crossed I don't. Um, it shows so much real growth. Yes. How a person grows through their life and furthers themselves in the moment. It's totally. really real and unexpected and not dramatized too much. There was moments like where it was totally like cinematic and stuff where you're like, oh, yeah, like, you that's know. not going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. But but then there was just like really relatable moments. And yeah, you do see like this growth. She has a lot of character development and I honestly thought, like, oh, Bridget Jones, like, you're gonna, you know, mess up again. But she comes through. And so, so then, like, enter after she does this really adorable scene. Um, I think they end up, like, cutting to her friends. So we get to meet her little posse. Um, the Harry Potter, and we were talking about it earlier, the Harry Potter character. Moaning Myrtle. Myrtle. <laughs> yes, the woman who plays Moaning Myrtle is... One of Bridget Jones' right-hand ladies, and she's so, divine. She's such a train wreck in this movie. So, yeah, so many Harry Potter characters, and that was something you mentioned. I was, like, look, kind of looking back, like, oh, my God, yes. Yes, her dad, her mother, Moni Merle. There are, there's a lot of little Harry Potter to become Cameos, yeah. yeah. For sure. So there's Jude, who's Moni Myrtle, and she's just, like, business lady who's going through a trash relationship and mm-hmm. has been going through it for, like, 7, 10, 20 years. You know, that friend. That friend that you give advice to, but you know they're not going to ever take it. And they're never going to leave that person until they're good and ready. And then there's Shaza. She is very much the opposite of Jude, where she's Cut like, and dry. I'm controlling my life. I don't need no man. Fuck them all. <laughs> Burn it down. Burn it down. <laughs> to the ground. With all the men in it. Like, that's Shazza, which that actress actually auditioned for Bridget Jones. 
fun fact. She auditioned for Bridget Jones, but they liked her so much that they wanted to give her a role in the movie, but they didn't think she fit Bridget. I can't remember the other guy's name. I will say her, her it, it's her guy friend. I can't think of it. Is it, oh, I can't remember his name. Paul. Paul? Peter. Mike. <laughs> well, he's, he's a real hoe. <laughs> he's a real hoe. He's that sassy gay friend. <laughs> He put out some type of, like, uh, some track in, like, the 80s or something. Yeah, he had a one-hit wonder, and so he's just kind of living off of that residual <laughs> fame, even though it's 2001, you know? <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but that's that's her posse. That's, her, like, her little gang, her little entourage. That's basically, these are the people she goes to vent to whenever she's going through something, which what she's going through at the moment is the fact that she has a huge boner for her boss, <laughs> who is such a gag. He is just a scoundrel, if you will. In the beginning, he's just a scoundrel. He's that guy that's a ladies' man's man's man, man about town. Yeah, but you want to... And you know it. You know it in your heart, right? You can feel it in your gut. Like, this guy is just trash. But he's good. He's real suave. He's real charming. He's pretty much like... Bridget's, Bridget's boss, right? Like direct. Yeah, direct boss. And they, and they, I mean, they cut straight to it. Oh yeah, he's like, he. They have a little interaction that goes a little, little Microsoft. South. Yeah, <laughs> little chat room, <laughs> pretty much. And he goes, all right, I'm gonna shoot my fucking shot. And it's basically like, what's up with that fucking skirt? Which these days would not happen because cut to the next scene. They're doing this little online email flirty thing and they're in the elevator and he tries to slide a hand on that ass oh yeah and i and i literally put a note i was like also about that butt grab in the elevator though (laughs) hashtag not today (laughs) i would you know what i I mean i wouldn't but (laughs) it was you grant trying to grab my ass in the elevator of course i'm not gonna be like oh my god uh i'm gonna be like hey I'll, but, take, I'll take Mr. Darcy any day. But any <laughs> any logical thing, we all have that boss that we want to like kind of bone a little bit. <laughs> I mean, at least I have you. Have you not? Um, a direct boss. We won't name names. <laughs> I mean, I did and I did. You know what I mean? <laughs> Join us for another podcast. Yeah, tune in to <laughs> Secrets and Scandals. <laughs> Scandals and Paige's sexual relations. <laughs> but yeah, they basically go through this rendezvous where they're flirting back and forth. She's and like wearing those little cute see-through tops. Mm-hmm. And she's she's so busty in this movie. She is so busty. So they have, I think the crescendo happens with them where they cross the line between flirting and, and fucking. Is. But it's so good because, uh, so they're, like, finally all this, like, back and forth, and they're up in her, um, is it her apartment, I think? It's his. Oh, his, his oh, yeah. Fancy loft. It's the loft. Uh, and so they're, they're you know, doing their thing, and she's, like, on the floor, <laughs> and she, on purpose, put on these granny panties, like, Sphinx. Well, she was, she had options, right? She's getting ready. She's buffering. She's shaving. She's like, Salmon. She's like practicing her intelligent conversation because her friends were basically like, ignore him. Be intelligent. Ooze. In the room. Confidence. Go around and talk to everyone but him. And she's like, all right, well, if this all works and we get to that point do i wear these and she holds up these like kind of like see-through black panties which that's right i mean girl i wouldn't have worn either they both were kind of 
And then she holds up these grannies, and she goes with the grannies because she's like, I don't want to be too confident with this. I'm just going to wear the grannies so I know I look good and I can leave. She's like, but my legs are buffed at least, so let's do this. But he starts climbing up, and then he's like, are these giantly oversized panties? I mean, he was, I I will give him, he was charming AF to be in a situation where he he was just like, my God, these are giant underwear. (laughs) And, and that's the thing it's like he could have that she was so embarrassed in that moment but he was just like i'm fucking into it and i'm fucking into you so don't even worry about it for me i would have been like yes this is it oh man and he he latched her and then that was it she was like in a headspace i mean there's a there's some point and this is this is real all right, this mm-hmm. is real. When you are literally just flirting with someone and then you start thinking about the day you're going to get married. Uh, you don't see it coming. hits you like a freight truck. <laughs> Straight up. For real. Where you... It seems like in those kind of relationships, it's really hard. When you're in a relationship, it's two people with very independent emotions and you can't control how they're going to feel. So if you go into it and he pretty much states you know this is just like a casual thing yeah and before you know it she's thinking she's gonna marry him and i think he didn't help with that at all because they are sleeping together for a little while and then he takes her on holiday yeah in his like little fancy little british car and like she's (laughs) she's really trying to make it like super hollywood in like what the the 40s 50s with her little scarf and she's like going down the road and just like wind in her hair grace kelly realness (laughs) and sure enough they go on a freaking holiday in this cute little like boutique hotel out in the countryside and who do they run in to mark the crabster darcy and i was like literally i have it in like (laughs) huge bold letters in my notes what were the chances (laughs) straight up they it seems like they intertwine paths so randomly in the movie but basically how hugh grant explains it is that mark darcy slept with his his fiance his fiance (laughs) so basically bridget has this preconception of him and she already is not feeling him because yeah. of that party, that turkey curry thing. Yeah, she's already not in his corner, so yeah. him saying that makes her double not in his corner. But and the she, look, girl. She thinks he's pompous and rude and snobby, and she's kind of into it, but she's not. So so they're they're having a sweet old time, right? They're, like, upstairs. And Bridget, girl, I mean, I get it. I We don't really know, like, the time span of, like, what they're... I know what you're going to say. Yes, say it. I was like, do you love me? Yes, I, like, I have it right here. Oh. Like, Bridget, no! Girl. You never, you never ask a man or a woman or whoever, do you love me? You wait for that bitch to tell you they love you or you say... Hi, I love you, and I'm gonna say it. You know, you're gonna put yourself out there. It's it's that like that sense of desperation she has. She's like, I need to know if you love me. Oh man, but she's trying to be cute about it, and I'm like, and can, this and can I say fun. that was real like season one, Mr. Big and Carrie from Sex and the City, oh. and I was like, girl, why you gotta do and burst your own bubble like this? Like, just enjoy, yeah, yeah, like value your worth, girl. <laughs> Don't let someone do that for you. <laughs> and then he, he skadoot out of there. He was like, oh, 
just coincidentally, a work thing came up, and I got to go, but I'll send a call your way. Yeah, basically, because she had to go to another family party, and he's like, yeah, I gotta go back, you know, the New York office is coming in, you don't understand the severity of this. He's all, you're a woman, numbers and things and stuff. And she's like, okay. <laughs> back and she talks about how she had kind of a drag at this party that she went to. Hugh Grant is being real sketchy. Real sketch. Now you're starting to see a little bit like, wait, something smells like poo. It might be poo. It might be poo-poo. <laughs> All over that loft. Poo-poo. <laughs> poo It's a whole mess. She gets back to Hugh Grant's apartment and she's like looking super cute. Yeah, by the way. Super voluptuous. <laughs> yeah, boobies were up. <laughs> boobies were up, ass was out, eyelashes were plastered on that face. And she sees that he's acting sketchy, opens his bathroom to a naked woman <laughs> who is so thin. Mind you, that she's holding up like a fucking binder to cover her titties and her bitties. Which is fine. She's a beautiful woman. That's not what I have a problem with. What I have a problem with is the fact that she says, she has the fucking audacity to say, I thought you said she was thin. But then we find out who she is. Oh, yeah. And who she actually is... His fucking fiancé. Yeah. He basically says, like, oh, you know, we kind of got to know each other in the New York office. And I wanted to let you... Did you? Did you? (laughs) I wanted to let you be the first to know that we're engaged. She was, I mean, and rightfully so, gave him the cockeye and was like, excuse me? How did this happen? When did this happen? And sure enough, this guy, like, met this woman, obviously, you know, many moons ago. Many moons ago. So they've been in this long-distance, like, engagement and just was acting like he was a freaking playboy, single AF in England, and dating Bridget. Yeah, it had been, like, two minutes, (laughs) and she was out on the wayside, and she leaves in a huff. She has a real grand moment where she's like... I can't work anywhere near you. You're a piece of shit. Right in front of everyone in the office. And they get a little taste of it. They get to see that she uh, she's not having it and that he's garbage. Yeah. Which is great. And this is like a keynote of her character development right here. Because she says, she's like, you know, I could wallow in my self-pity and become a spinster. Or I could drink some more vodka and put on some Shaka Khan. And get past this. And that's what she does. And she sings her little heart out. And I and I literally was like, I'm so proud of you, girl. She has some respect. She has some dignity. And she fucking walks out that door with it. She was like, man. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start eating right. You know, she starts to really care about herself more. Then she cares about being in a relationship with a man. Yeah, it does these little, like, montages where she's, like, walking down the streets of, you know, the London Bridge or wherever she is. And and you're like, oh, she's feeling herself now. Get it, girl. (laughs) Yeah, and I dig it and I feel it. So she's going through this, like, self-exploration. And then she gets invited to this couple that she's friends with. They're throwing a dinner party. And might I say what's wrong with this dinner party? Because... You don't, it's a dinner party full of couples. You don't invite a single woman 
to yeah. a dinner party full of couples. Why would you do that if not just to like... It is so cruel. And it gets even worse. She's not even there for five minutes. And like the couple next to her. And sure enough, they're like, so Bridget, <laughs> please tell us why you're still single, basically. Like, when is it, you know, you should probably hurry up because, you know, TikTok. You're 32. <laughs> it's like... What the hell is happening here? I was like, I would have just like RSVP the hell out of there. And that's some like real shit too, because it was very, I think, transparent about that. Because I don't know about you, but I know my grandma's been like, you need to find yourself an older man and start having babies. I'm like, grandma. It was at too the time, real. I was like 23. Like this is a <laughs> real pressure thing that women have to face all the time. So I can't imagine being 32 and someone being like, when are you gonna settle down and find a nice man? It was too real i was like are these people mexican because i was like i was like this is the kind of shit i get from strangers straight up people that don't even know you oh so you're uh working on yourself huh? they're like so do you have any kids it's like do you not want any kids <laughs> yeah are you gonna freeze an egg <laughs> <laughs> bitch don't you worry about my eggs okay no please but she made it through and i i did want to mention kind of this uh side um story that's the storyline that's happening too with her parents so her mom right her and her parents have been together forever for decades it seems like they've been together for a long time they're lifers yeah and she ends up just one day like I needs to go we don't have sex anymore he doesn't look at me the same way and sure enough who does she start dating but the freaking British QVC guy Straight up, she basically is dating a QVC host. It's so weird. And he's like so kind of gross. And he's just like <laughs> Tan Dan from, you know, like just, he looks like someone out of like a Vegas show. And <laughs> <laughs> you're waiting for the tiger to start coming across the stage. Totally. And so you see her like leave her, her dad, which is like heartbreaking already. And then he has to see her girl on TV with this guy. Uh, yeah, see his wife on TV with Liberace, basically. <laughs> Very that. So they're going through, she's going, her parents are going through all that turmoil. Now she's being ostracized at this dinner party. And guess who else is there? Uh, Mark Darcy with his girlfriend, Natasha. Which, who's played by Mrs. Honey for Matilda. Oh my god! I, I, I didn't even put that together! Did it just blow your mind right now? I, you literally did because those characters are, could not be any more different because Natasha is a stone cold bitch. I know, she At is. one point, you want to hate her. She snaps at him. She's like, <gasps> she's right. like, oh, they had a great idea. Come here, toot toot. And right. I'm like, oh. Well, this, and this is such an important scene because this is, right? Like, right after the dinner. Yeah, this is the crescendo scene where Ooh. things, the dynamic completely changes. Mm -hmm. Because Mark Darcy basically follows Bridget to the door because Bridget's like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I need to later daze it. This is awful. And Rightly he just so. kind of comes up to joke with her. Like, he thinks he's being comforting, but he's kind of still being a dick. <laughs> And she's totally like, English, totally English, totally Darcy. 
And he's Bridget's, like a he's like a like a wool scrub. <laughs> just, <laughs> he ain't no scrub daddy. <laughs> when you put that shit in warm water and it's soft. <laughs> no. Speaking of QVC, get your four pack of scrub daddies. <laughs> I watch a lot of QVC during the Christmas time. She does. Time. That is a side note then. <laughs> just during Christmas time because they have like such fun stuff. Wait, if if we can, if we not gone off on enough tangents. <laughs> Literally today, <laughs> Paige confessed how she watched so much QVC. She was telling me how she's like she gets down with the jewelry, <laughs> like on QVC. I get down with it because I it's so bad that I'm waiting for something I like. I just can't <laughs> believe they're taking these what they claim to be such precious minerals and stones and putting it in trash settings. I'm just <laughs> saying. <laughs> It's like throwing away money. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, Bridget's basically like, you don't need to keep trying to make me feel like a fucking buffoon, because I feel like an idiot most of the time anyway, without your help. No, I, I'm trying to tell you that I like you. And she's like, yeah, if I didn't smoke as much, and if I was a little bit thinner, and if, you know, I knew how to shut my mouth, basically. And he's like, no, like, I like you just as you are. And that line always hits Died. me. Died. melt. And she's totally being like every girl. She immediately runs to her friends and they're like speechless for the one and only like, time during this movie. Uh, just as you are. Yeah, just, they're like, just as you are. <laughs> oh, I love it. Because that would be something I think so about. So perfect. All the time. <laughs> and it comes back up too because the next time she sees him... She gets this, like, great job in television where she's, like, a television host, and she's supposed to go interview these two people going through a really intense court case, and she sees Mark Darcy because he's representing one of the people in the case. Yeah, Because he's, he's a barrister, mm-hmm. which in England is a lawyer, I'm, I'm guessing. Barrister. Barrister equals lawyer. Somebody. Voice in. And the first thing she says to him is, you like me just as I am. I'm like, oh my god! That would be me! I know! You're that bee. I really am that bee, just like to a fault. (laughs) And uh, because her whole first thing was that she was like doing this segment with a fu- at a fire station and the camera is just directly she's like trying to come down the pool for like effect and it's just straight ass full ass full bridget jones <laughs> which which i may mention is like bridget's butt in this movie is a character all on its own yeah her ass is out there um strutting <laughs> multiple on the multiple times <laughs> she wears mini a mini skirt with yes. a black tight yeah. Like a classy bitch. <laughs> Delany was weird, awkward. It's like she was trying to do that, like, tight mini from the 90s, but she had to mix it with, like, the see-through beige top that had no real seam. <laughs> like, it was a lot going on, but she always had a scrunchie in. <laughs> she did. It was weird fashions. Lots of beige. Lots of, um, nudes. Yeah. Nudes. A lot of nudes. Like, Black the soft. Tan. Yeah, little soft browns. <laughs> yeah, so they have, like, a little moment, and they do all that good stuff. But he helps her. Yeah, he, he helps her. He basically, like, saved her ass, because she's obviously, well, like, literally, like, she's not doing... Casey. <laughs> she's being super bridgety, and he was like, you know what? I know you need this interview, so then, you know. And then her friends go crazy, and they're just like, team Mr. Darcy. They are. They're all in Mark Darcy's corner, and she decides, 
you know, I'm doing things for myself this year. It's my birthday. I'm going to cook my friends dinner yes. so I can prove that I can fucking do it, basically. <laughs> and it, it's a bit <laughs> of a mess. She, you know what? You got to give her A for effort. She's just like, you know what? It's my birthday. I want to have my friends over. I'm going to cook them a nice little meal. And so you think, you're like, oh, she got this, right? She's she's tying her stuff together. And that's where it goes horribly wrong. Yeah, she tries to make this celery soup. <laughs> and she ties the celery together with string. And she's like, oh, fuck, I don't have any string. <laughs> she finds them in a little drawer. Turns out it's like blue yarn. <laughs> and that shit bleeds right into that soup so she's got like this orange marmalade this like blue soup going on this like and an omelet gravy <laughs> and the, right because so then she's she's doing her thing and at this point like you know stuff is out there we you know mr darcy just confessed how he felt about her and you know they just he just saved her butt uh getting this interview for her so i guess he hears on the low that it's her her birthday and he just like shows up all I'm sure cute. he called her mother let's be real <laughs> I'm sure he had her on fucking speed dial and was like oh just wondering uh, uh, what you know about Bridget <laughs> that's right because we were like wait how do you know where she lives <laughs> yeah, he probably got the directions and everything he probably went full stalker which usually I'm against but like I'm kind of into it with it's Mark Darcy showing up at my door this is excusable we'll give it this, this is excusable so he just shows on up and saves the fucking day once again because her her dinner's going straight into the toilet and he's like pulls up <laughs> so hot by the way yes. like to this day a man that's wearing a button down and like rolls up them sleeves and just undoes that top button I want to see a little chest I want to see some little chest uh, oh my gosh little couple hairs peeking out and who shows up oh yeah sure enough at the last course Daniel piece of shit. <laughs> oh yeah, his name is Daniel. We just keep referring to him as Hugh Grant. <laughs> because it's basically Hugh Grant. Yeah. From like I am sorry, I can't get over the fact that he did Elizabeth Hurley so fucking dirty. That's why I can never forgive him. She is gorgeous. She's gorgeous. She fuck he, she still is. She's still beautiful. And her, their children. Yeah, yeah, her children are also gorgeous. He fucked that up so hard. He could not just keep it in his pants. He had to traipse it around all around town. And that's yeah. why I feel like this is just him at this point in his life. He was just being this guy. Yeah, this was uh, very much a David Duchovny in Californication, basically. Yeah, when you realize that's just <laughs> that's, David that's Duchovny. Just, yeah. Oh my god, that ruined me because I loved him so much from X-Files. I know, I, really I was obsessed. I, I mean, at the time, <laughs> I was like... I don't know, I had to be 11 with this, like, book as thick as, like, two hands put together, right? Like, it was just this huge X-File books, 11 years old, just, like, tight to my chest, like, I love them so much. My mom actually went to an X-Files convention. <gasps> have I ever shared that with you? <laughs> yeah, you gasped, so no. That is, um, you know what? My I never. I, I, I have to, she one up me because I literally, we are in the studio and I have a box of X-Files cards somewhere in here. Yeah, she went to the convention and she got a picture signed by the uh, smoking man. <gasps> yeah. Oh she got it, which I graciously gave to a friend of mine who was <laughs> an ultimate X-Files fan. He has yeah. like a There's tattoo. levels. Yeah, he has a tattoo of a sleeve 
of like Scully and Mulder <laughs> and like alien shit, and it looks amazing. <laughs> oh my god! Um, no, so I was never I at that level. To him. I, I was maybe an OG, it. but I was never getting like Mulder and Scully tattoos. That's yeah, I would love a little alien tattoo. But I'm down. Yeah, yeah. I probably would get something. Actually, we were thinking about getting something kind of like the uh, sacred geometry kind of thing. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I love that vibe. Yeah, so just alien-esque, but not, not you know, still kind of like, ooh. You, not so, you little, wouldn't know unless you knew. Cheek. Yeah. Yeah, I like exactly. that. I like a deep cut. I like a deep cut tattoo. <laughs> so you're better than people, you know? <laughs> so they know. Don't fuck with me. So. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Hugh Grant fucking shows up to this dinner and tries to ruin shit. Who he's you know he's obviously like smelling of you know gin because I feel he like he would be a guy that drank gin. Oh, total gin, just smelling spicy <laughs> like cilantro. <laughs> but I don't know why gin makes me think of like cilantro. It's got that juniper kinda... berries, just pine. Yeah, you know? it hits that. It hits your palate in like the same area. I feel like gin has like. I don't know, like over twenty ingredients, like the spices in it. Is so I'm sure. Let's just just throw cilantro in there. Yeah, he's reeking of it. Basically, trying to persuade her to get back with him, and she's, you know, what it's real too, because she's almost falling for it. She's almost falling for it. She's doing the leaning. I mean, it's hot. She has these two fools ready, lusting, ready to go. So Mr. Darcy was like, uh, had to pull up his sleeves again. He's like, hold up, hold up. He's like, you're not about to just pop in here when you want and just, like, try to swoop. Because he could see what's happening. So he's about to leave. And then finally he's like, you know what? We're going to have a word. But, side note, Bridget does not know yet. Like, she still she still has in her mind that Mr. Darcy slept with um, Daniel, Hugh Grant's character, uh, fiance. So yeah. keep that in mind. Yeah, so basically Mr. Darcy it comes up and is like, um, outside Cleaver. His last name's Cleaver, Daniel Cleaver. And he's like, Out, outside, we gotta finish this. It's time we do this. Uh, and Bridget and her friends are like, okay, fuck, I guess we're going outside. Okay. But you know what? I, I, so I didn't know what to expect because I didn't know this scene. And I was like, oh, they're probably just going to have like some super like strict, uptight British talking to. <laughs> and sure enough, he's like, should we get our dueling pistols? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hugh Grant's a fucking jokester till the end, little bitch. I know. He's a sarcastic asshole. <laughs> That's what would do you in at that age, though. Like, I felt like my problem was that she's acting more like she was 23 instead of 32 so if she didn't have that character development it would have just been a story about a 23 year old yeah pretty much but but it she she brings it back around she brings so it back. so the fight scene is super i mean and then her guy friend right like bridges bridget's uh guy friend is just such an instigator he is he breaks into a restaurant basically that's like in front he's like it's gonna be a fight <laughs> it's like, he's like come on it's a real fight <laughs> because immediately mark darcy straight throws a punch yeah punches the shit out of him totally and it's twice. amazing twice he's like oh that one didn't hurt well let me give you one more which I love that they play It's Raining Men, like, behind their fight. I don't know why, but it works. Ooh, I really like this scene because it's, it's a brawl. It's, like, super extra. And then they end up inside of the restaurant. They're, like, making this huge mess. And then, sure enough, this guy is coming down the stairs with this, like, Greek, like, straight up just, like, cake from the Food Network birthday cake. 
Oh, yeah, it looks really fancy. <laughs> and then so British, right? Like, they already feel so bad that they're fighting inside the restaurant. He's, like, brawling. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. He's like, oh, I'll pay for that. Don't worry about it. And then they end up, they're like, happy birthday. <laughs> and Mark Darcy's like, happy birthday, what's his name? <laughs> like, I'm trying to kick this guy's ass. <laughs> and they crash through the window, and that's the big scene, right? And they're like, all right, enough, enough. You know, we're covered in glass. It's a whole thing. And fucking Hugh Grant has to get the last word and call him a wanker. And so he just turns around and fucking clocks him. Knocks that bitch out. He does. And Bridget Jones had some shit to say, though. She's like, you're just as bad as him with your bravado and everything else. Mm -hmm. And Mark Darcy's like, oh, like, I obviously am fighting for the wrong things here. Because I thought I was fighting for, like, you. I thought I was fighting For 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 your honor and my honor and... Which you find out later why it's his honor. And it's like, he was just fighting for a lot of different things. And so he walks away and leaves Bridget and Hugh Grant to be talking. And Hugh Grant's basically like, you know, if I can't make it with you, I can't make it with anyone. She's like, bitch, that ain't good enough. And I was shocked. Yeah, because at this point, they'd be kissing and she'd w- hashtag waste her time for another couple months. And she's she's going to marry the fuck boy. God damn it. But she goes, yeah, she's like, I need a little something a little more extraordinary than that. And I was like, oh, so we see this is the like the climax of her growth. Right now, because I was like, I was like, Bridget, slow clap, girl. I was like, yes, girl, yes. (laughs) And she has to go to her family for the holidays again. So it's like we've gone full circle. We've gone through the whole year and she's with her dad and. Her mom shows back up basically begging for her dad's forgiveness because she realized sometimes the grass ain't greener on the other side. Sometimes what you think is just boring, you're just going through a little lull and you realize you really want to work at it with that person that you've loved for so long. Totally. He was some rando who's it turns out to be a douche. Communication. It sounded like the mom had like had rightfully so to feel the way she did, and then she ended up leaving the dad. But then, like, I felt like she never came to her husband and, okay, let's let's work on some things because this is how I feel. She was just like, I'm not happy. I haven't been happy. Bye. I think she just did that thing that some people do where they have the full conversation in their mind because they feel like, I've been with this person so long. I know exactly what they're going to say to what I have to say. And I know the response. So they go through the conversation in their head going, it's not going to change. If it's been this long, it's going to be the same response. And instead of approaching it, they dip. I know. And then he, he for a moment, they're like sitting at the like the little fireplace and uh, she's pretty much like just like putting everything out there. She's like, please take me back. And for a moment, you're just like, you're like, oh, God, what's going to happen? And sure enough, of course, he takes her back. He's like, I just don't work without you. And I'm like, oh, it's love. But that's the thing. It just shows it's the two people need to communicate and work together. Even if you've been together for 30 40 years, you know, you still, a relationship will constantly take work because humans are not foolproof. No. And they change. And and, and I was like, oh, and it, it felt really good. I think younger me would have felt differently how that scene went down, you know, like mm-hmm. considering that she left and she kind of like did her own thing. But like me now, like I totally could understand just the way that situation played out. 
and still be okay with the fact that like he took her back and now they're gonna move on from that you know and they're gonna be stronger for it for sure it doesn't mean what she did was right but it doesn't mean that he was also blameless in her doing it you know yeah and so they um so this is really important because she's like um bridget's there kind of like observing them and i think they end up having to go to some type of like house party right for for the darcy's for the darcy's which of course they do but this is where she finds out that that whole thing where Mr. Darcy supposedly slept with um, Hugh Grant's Daniel's uh, characters, like fiance, and it was a lie. Turns out it was the other way around. <laughs> so the mom basically uh, serves up the cheese may and is basically like, you know, Darcy has a hard time during this time of year because his wife left him on Christmas Eve <gasps> because he walks in. On him and his best man at his weddings, like fucking like wild dogs or whatever. And she puts it all together, Bridget puts it all together in her head. And she's like, I need to go to this party and I need to let him know what's up. And she does. She goes to this party. She sees Mark Darcy and she's like, I just want to let you know that I really like you a lot and stuff. And I'm really sorry. And I like you. Like total word Word vomit. vomit. Word vomit. And he's like, fuck. Basically like, okay. And they, like, do a little toast. And the dad's like, you know, he's taking a job in New York. So basically saying, my my son's going to take this job in New York. He got offered a great job at this law firm. He's going to move away from Britain. And he's also probably going to marry this chick, Natasha, that he's been with. Hint, hint, hint. Yeah. And she straight up is like, no! And this part always makes me cringe because it's like, those things you think in your mind and you don't realize it's coming out of your fucking mouth. Oh, I know. I was feeling that for her. Like, (laughs) oh, it's like when people try to sing in front of other people. I'm like, ah, (laughs) I'm embarrassed for them. Don't you worry. We're going to sing for Paige later in an episode. It's (sighs) going to be so good. I can't do it. It's like, don't, I I I got my uke. You do it. Uke ready. (laughs) (laughs) I can't have people serenade me. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Even if they're good, it just makes me feel weird. We're going to get real gushy. But (laughs) so this poor thing, she's just like, she just called herself out because she just said what was on her mind. And everyone in the room who is extra, extra British just straight whiplash and looked over at her like, girl... And she's like, gotta go. And was basically dipping out like she did the first time, but in a different way. So she dips out, goes back home, and Mark Darcy shows up on her fucking doorstep. Yeah. Because she's about to take off to Paris with her friends to try to forget about the whole fucking thing. Right, because they do this whole thing where, like, they cut to, like, you know, she's living her life, he's doing his thing and going to New York, and you're just like, well, okay, I guess we'll see what happens. But then... What does he do? He shows up. And he's basically like, I realize I forgot something. I forgot to kiss you goodbye. <laughs> I'm like, oh, girl. I was clinched. I was like, oh, my God. I forgot he's so suave. All of a sudden. All of a sudden, you guys, it's like Stella got her groove back. <laughs> he goes up and he's like, I'm ready to say some shit, girl. They're about to, like, get hot and heavy. They haven't even kissed yet, mind you. Yeah. And she's like, all right, well, just give me two seconds. Because she doesn't want another granny panty situation. (laughs) So she tries to go into her room and, like, change her her chonies real quick. This is very important, by the way. And while she's doing that, he sees her diary. Right there. Of course. Open. Open to the page where she's calling him a... (laughs) Calling him a fucking dickhead. She's like, Mark Darcy is a fucking asshole. Oh, well, here's the line that really took it. It was something like, 
Um, Mr. Darcy is so plain and basically like a plain Jane. No wonder... His wife left him. Or, yeah, like his wife cheated on him with with freaking Daniel. And I was like, ah, no, they just made it this at this point. And sure enough, he freaking leaves. And so Bridget hears the door... Like, you know, while she's trying to, like, she's, like, trying, like, three, four different types of panties at this point. <laughs> she's really doing a little lingerie show in her mirror. She's like, you know, we've all done it. We're like, what the fuck? When, like, that one makes my ass look too fat. <laughs> I know. This one's barely covering one Trying cheek. to get that nice, like, soft lighting. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, and she's like, so she ends up going on with these, like, little silky, like, what, what was it? Like, leopard it print? Like tiger print. I want to say. <laughs> yeah, it was animalistic, honey. <laughs> yes. And so she she hears that he's leaving, and she was like, wait, no, that can't be right. So she, like, runs out, and she doesn't see him. She's panicking. She's starting to be like, oh, shit, where is he? Sees him. Like, she, like, puts pulls her head out the window, and she's like, Mark, Mark. And you can just see, like, he's just, like, not even turning around. He just, like, straight to the corner where we're going to, like, lose him forever, right? That's how it feels. Totally. And she has no idea why uh, that, like, he left. And sure enough, she sees the diary. She sees the diary. She sees what Paige is open to. And she's like, fucking fuck. (laughs) And so she, like, puts on some shoes. Shoes, no pants. She just pops on some sneaks. (laughs) She's in a little fucking cardi and some chonies and some sneakers. And she's out there hustling her bustle in the snow, chasing him down. She can't find him. She thinks she's lost him. And then she sees him walk out of the shop. And she's like, I'm sorry. It's just, it's just a diary. Diaries are full of shit anyway. It's like a load of crap. And he's like, yeah, I know. I just think you should start a new one. Pew, 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 pew. It's so like, I like the best line of that is when she's like, good boys don't kiss like that. He's like, yes, they fucking do. And I'm like, oh my God. And that's literally the same energy you have felt from his eyeballs the whole time he like vocalizes. Yes. So it's like, whoa. I was like, he's fucking filthy. <laughs> it's about to go down. It's about to go down all the way down to London town. <laughs> Roll credits. Roll credits, basically. It's like someone exactly like you. (laughs) That really shitty soundtrack. Yes. This did not win any awards for soundtrack. Zero. But um, but that is a great time to take a little break. Ad break. (laughs) So we will be right back. All right, girl. So what is your favorite part of Bridget Jones' diary? I'm very curious to know, considering my favorite part's basically the whole movie. But (laughs) what is your personal favorite part of this movie? You know, I feel like it's a little basic. But, like, that whole, just the whole scene where she's, like, trying to figure out her underwear and stuff like that. Maybe because it's the peak. But she was just so precious, like... I was feeling it. I was feeling her. Like, she was like, fuck. She was like, I finally get the guy screwed up royally. I don't even, like, not even trying, (laughs) you know? Once again. (laughs) Once again. And she literally, she's like, I'm going to go get my man. She's (laughs) like, pants or no pants. In the snow or no snow. (laughs) 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. It's totally uh Is it raw? It's a do or die. She's like, I will not be in this house with another goddamn bottle of vodka. The emotion in that small amount of time, you're like, we're about to lose everything, Bridget. Run, girl. And I feel like Bridget at the beginning of the movie wouldn't have done that. No. She would have been like, she would have just wallowed in her self-pity and just been like, well, there goes that. There he goes. There he goes. And we don't know what Bridget's going to do, but she <laughs> she comes up super champ-like and just was like, we are going to make this happen today. <laughs> I did not put on these leopard undies for nothing. <laughs> They're not going to waste another year. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's great. I think that's an amazing answer. I think it's perfect. And uh, so what is your favorite scene? All right. <laughs> My favorite scene of this movie would definitely be, it's like a little combination. It's them making the dinner into the fight because oh, that little segment that was movie, that was a close second the eye fucking is on point Oof. he is just like it's searing he is looking at bridget like she is the whole meal he is feeling her he wants to feel her all over the place he doesn't even care that her friends are there yeah like mark darcy is and like even when they toast and they go to bridget just as she is He's looking at her like, oh, you told your friends about that shit, huh? Oh, girl, you gonna get spanking for that. Like, <laughs> he's so, like, living for her. <laughs> I love that scene. And then when the fight happens, it's so funny and it's so awkward. Yes. Like, and the greatest part about that, I, I feel like I'm doing the little duplicate of my favorite scene from last week because... That fight was improv. It was not choreographed. Oh. So the fight See, it's it's hard not to love like once you kinda know those little facts about it, yeah. you go back and you're like, oh, genius. I, like, so good. I already loved how kind of awkward and I felt like their fight seemed really fun and real and it was because it kinda was. They were just kind of feeding off of each other and vibing with it. Well, I mean, I can only imagine what you're going to rate this, but it is time to rate this movie. Uh, <laughs> a little fashy rating. I'm going to give it a solid 4.3. 4.3. Our rating is 1 through 5, right? Is that what we decided mm -hmm. on? Yeah, we, we decided. 4.3! Yeah. I am really pleased with that yeah. because this movie beats so much to me. Like, I feel like it doesn't deserve, like, just a straight four. No, definitely not. But I was like, I can't feel it at a, a 4.5 only because the type of emotional attachment isn't there, like, on the same level as, like, when we did our last episode and we were talking about Nacho Libre. Like, that it was something kindred to me, you know? Oh, totally. Totally. Because this movie has gotten me through <laughs> so, so some much. dark times. <laughs> so much. Literally, one time I came home and my mom knew something was wrong because I was <gasps> watching this movie in the living room. And she sat down next to me and she's like, what happened? And she, I had left... I literally walked out on my boyfriend at the time. Oh, man. And I was just like, no, absolutely not. This isn't happening. So I'm going to say a 4.6. 4.6? Mm-hmm. Nice. I think it's a gentle rating. Yeah, it is. It's fair. But I, I think that's fair. So we have a 4.3. And a 4.65. All right. Well, I think this is a great time to... Uh, Go into the recipe, and we have something really special inspired by the movie. But first, ad break.
Okay, so this week, um, we came up with a little little ode to Bridget Jones. <laughs> uh, or should I say, Brisket Jones Diary. <laughs> oh! That's what I'm titling this one. Brisket Jones Diary, <laughs> parenthesis, blue soup, parenthesis. So this recipe, it's kind of adapted to be a blue soup doesn't have to be blue if you have an aversion to different colored food. Like, you remember when... Okay, you remember via early 2000s when Shrek was really big and they did those different colored ketchups? Kind of ruined the integrity of some It some does, others. especially if you're not using something that's completely natural. It will... You will taste that dye. I'm excited to hear about this recipe. Definitely not our last crock pot recipe oh no but it will be our first because (laughs) like i said i'm here for convenience i'm here for ease with this one literally all you gotta do is put all the shit in the pot and give it a little finish so you're gonna turn your crock pot you can do this one of a couple ways you can turn it on low and let it go for like eight hours say you are gonna go to work Slow and low. Yeah. You know, slow and low it. Totally. And you can have someone watch over it at the house. But be safe. If you're going to eat your crock pot, just be safe about it. That's, that's, yeah. That's pr- preliminary. If you, if you haven't thrown out the instructions, look up the model online. <laughs> <laughs> look where the outlet is. Double check the outlet. Make sure it's not shorting. Um, if you're going to physically leave the house and just leave a crock pot on. At your discretion. With someone else's eye. At your di- we're not telling you to do it, but if you do, <laughs> at your discretion. If you're trying to kill your husband, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Bring it back, girl. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you can do this one of two ways. You can put it low and slow, go for eight hours, or if you need to do it, like, it's, it's got to be a quickie. You can high it up and do it for about half the time. So what you're gonna do is, it's gonna be kind of like a stew. So in a stew you have your starches Mm -hmm. and you have your proteins. So for our starches, we're gonna do some potatoes, maybe some russets, some yellows, whatever you prefer or what you have hanging yeah. around. I love um, I love me some baby like red potatoes. Oh, those are great for stews. Yeah, yeah. the skins. The skins. They they the crock flavor. Pot as well. Yeah, yeah. I just I I really enjoy their. I mean, I there's not a potato I don't like. Let's be honest. And that's, not a lot of starch in those either, so. It, doesn't ruin your broth at all. Mm-mm. So you're gonna throw those babies in. You're gonna throw maybe some baby carrots, some celery, some onion, and a broth of your choice. Mm. Uh, you can use chicken. Yeah. You can use beef. Mm-hmm. You can use water. <laughs> say, yeah. you, say you really don't want anything added. The broth basically just gives it some um, body mm-hmm. and some flavor. So, which that I mean, if you don't want to go brisket Jones, yeah, um, I feel like you could still. Jones. Yeah, I feel like you could still make this a really delicious, just like stew. Yeah, veggie and just, stew. Yeah, and just create like all those flavors. Just take out the meat, swap out the broth for like a, a veggie broth or just water. For sure, absolutely. You can yeah. absolutely go in that direction. Um, you're going to place the brisket on top or not. If you're not feeling it, you can add some kind of alternative meat later. Mm-hmm. Or you can just go straight veggie. Just add some more vegetables. Maybe you want some butternut squash in this. Maybe Ooh, you want some zucchini. Yeah. You know, you can add it. You can build up that hardiness totally. with summer veggies or winter veggies, um, root vegetables, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would just say go for it. A soup is something that... A soup's when you're trying to get rid of the food. 
that's gonna go bad in that fridge because we don't waste no food and we don't waste no, no money in this house. not in our house, no. What I do suggest is before you pop on that lid and let it go, do not season your water. Because mm, it's gonna concentrate. It's gonna concentrate, it's gonna condense into all of your vegetables, it's absorb, mm-hmm. if you will, and you don't wanna oversalt that because yeah, yeah. number one thing about cooking you can't take that salt back. So I suggest, that's why I suggest using like a low sodium broth mm-hmm. or even just water if you're really worried about that salt intake. Mm-hmm. Season after. With a soup, always season at the end. And then what you're gonna do to finish this, so you've let it go for like eight hours, you give it a little season to taste. And then at the end, if you want to make this blue, um, what I suggest with the cream is don't have it too cold because when you combine that with a really hot stew, sometimes you get a little curdle and it's really not cute. And that's also why we don't start with the cream in the crock pot is because it's very easy to overcook cream. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's kind of a finisher. So I would kind of let it sit out on your counter just for a little bit, not too much to like get you sick, but <laughs> just kind of tap it into that cool stew. Cool it down, cool it down. And then you can do one of a couple things here to make a blue kids. You can either use just traditional dye if you don't care about additives or anything like that. Um, you can use a natural dye. We, they sell those too. Or mm-hmm. you can use butterfly pea flour. Yeah, which, that stuff is fun. Uh, Dominique turned me on to, <laughs> which is very, very cool ingredient that isn't going to add much of a flavor difference or anything to your whatever you're adding it to, but it will give you a beautiful beautiful blue color any of those things will give you some blue it'll help you feel like you're making some bridget jones blue soup either way it's gonna be a bomb stew yeah it already sounds delicious that's yeah that sounds like something i'm totally gonna sign up for for sure i kind of like the the the, uh the cream at the end though i was kind of uh wondering i was like how is she gonna incorporate the blue so that's really fun and it's kind of like a Zupa Toscana, like that cream finish. I love that. And that totally. kind of soup, you put a little sausage in there, a little kale, a little cream. So good. Well, I think uh, to wrap it up, that that's it, kids. Yeah, comfort soup for a comfort movie. I hope you guys loved it. So if you like us, don't forget to follow us at RCE Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, and Radio Public. And hey, leave us a voicemail on our Anchor page. We might play it on our next show. Here is one of our listeners. Well, I love this idea. As someone who both loves food and films, I'm super excited for more. I would love to chat with you about one of my favorite foodie movies. And it's kind of a weirdo. It would be Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Pulp Fiction is a food film. Every major moment in that film has to do with food. And on that note, vibe positively and keep it spicy.